Welcome back to Is It Horror? This is Season 3, Episode 6, Violent Night. I'm Brianna. I'm Joe. I'm always on time. Lies. And I am Steve. (laughs) And uh, if you haven't joined us before, each episode we analyze a piece of media, usually a movie, whose horror status is debatable. We look at the creator's intent, audience reception, and the content of the media, all in an effort to better define the horror genre. If you agree with our take, that's awesome. If you don't, that's awesome too. As always, horror is a diverse genre, and all are welcome. And uh, before going to the Get to Know You corner, just as a reminder, we are kind of doing a 12 Days of Christmas Horror Marathon. This represents day nine of that, so there's three more days to go. Uh, There's always time to look at the Instagram where we're showing what each of those movies is to catch up, so you can bring yourself some horror Christmas cheer. So, yeah, check that out, and then we will go to Joe's Get to Know You Corner. Joe? Okay, well, so uh, this is our last episode of the year, so we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about what everybody's favorite horror movies of 2023 have been. Uh, Maybe some of the things you didn't like, maybe uh, what do you want to see. So, yeah, what, what was everybody's favorite? I really fell down on my horror movie watching duties this year. I'm going to do better in 2024. So I haven't seen all of the movies from this year that I originally had on my list. But if I'm going to pick from the ones that I've seen, I'm the award goes to Evil Dead Rise. I really liked it. I know there was a lot of controversy about it and it was kind of received <laughs> a little bit differently by other folks, not mentioning the name Steve, but... Yeah, I think that was probably the one that stood out for me this year. And I'm very excited to see what 2024 is going to hold as well. Okay, but to be fair, I was disappointed, but that doesn't mean I hated it. I still bought a copy of the movie in Steelbook to complete my Evil Dead Steelbook collection. All right, I'll let it slide. Okay, good. Uh, for me, I I didn't see as much as I would have liked as well. Um, I saw a handful, uh, I guess picking some favorites uh were like scream six evil dead rise renfield honestly nothing like blew me away though like i liked all those and they were fine but i wouldn't put any of those like into a all-time favorite category for sure um but yeah those were some that i enjoyed um i had a couple of favorites i think my number one favorite was probably knock at the cabin uh, which may be something that we would discuss later, but do, we didn't yes. do Knock at the Cabin this season, right? <laughs> I just talked about it a lot during this year, that's all. Right, no, we we have not done that episode yet, but we will be covering it the second half of this season. Yes, so I was getting confused because I've talked about it to so many people. But anyhow, Knock at the Cabin (laughs) is a movie that I really, really enjoyed from this year. And I'm looking forward to talking about that on the podcast at some point. Um, I did really like Scream 6 and I also liked Evil Dead Rise. uh, But I surprisingly really liked Five Nights at Freddy's. And part of that is because uh, it kind of had some nostalgia for me because my son really liked it. And we got to watch it together as a family, and I thought it was a really cool experience to go as a family together and see a horror movie. Uh, So I really like that genre of sort of family horror, and I liked that we could all enjoy it together and that it ended up being a pretty good movie. Uh, I mean, that's debatable to some people, but I liked it as a movie. So I think for me, so... I I was doing... Because I I have the Letterboxd account, which... If you're interested, you can always take a look at that because there's links to it on our link tree. Uh, I always kind of use Instagram as our landing page for the whole podcast, so you can get there from there. But uh, I I think you can so you can do a diary feature on there, and I kind of record every horror movie that I watched and see what day I watched it and everything, which I kind of think is fun to do. I think I ended up watching like like probably 60 new horror not new but 60 horror films that i'd never seen before this year and i think about maybe a half to a third of those were released this year (laughs) um and i had to go back and look at them all because i couldn't quite remember i think the one i was most impressed by was probably no one will save you on hulu 
Um, I think it was kind of, and it's weird because it's not one that I've considered buying or anything. I haven't even looked into if I can buy a copy of it, but it was the one where I was kind of like, oh, wow, they're doing this and they're getting away with it. And I just thought, I don't know, it was really kind of cool the way it was constructed. But if I had to put together like a top five in no particular order for the year, I think it'd be like, no one will save you. Talk to me, Scream 6, Evil Dead Rise, and Renfield. I think would be the top five for me. I wanted to see when Evil Lurks, which everyone's been talking about for the past few weeks, and Skinamarink, which everyone's been talking about almost the whole year long, but I just haven't got around to watching either of those two yet. Those are the ones I'm curious to check out. But, yep, that's kind of where I weighed in. I Ones I wanted to see were Talk to Me and Five Nights at Freddy's, which both which were mentioned by you guys. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see those two. Are, were there any others that any any of you haven't seen yet from the year that you want to? I did not get to see Talk to Me, and that was real high on my list. So I'm going to get around to that probably over the holiday vacay. Yeah, I think it's worthwhile. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what both of your reactions would be to it. I, I don't know whether it's going to end up being either of your favorite or anything, but I think, I don't know, it's interesting. And I only know passively about some of the, like, going into it ahead of time but i think that if i'm remembering right that it's a couple of youtubers that kind of got their big break to make this film which i thought was kind of cool i also think i would like to see renfield although nicholas cage is just so bizarre i don't know if i can get through it we'll see i might have to have <laughs> a strong drink to get through it maybe that will help I think it's exactly what it claims to be. If you've seen the trailer, then you know exactly what it is. I, I think it's it's fun and it's gory and it plays with some horror tropes. And uh, if you want to just turn your head off and watch funny violence, then you can get it on that level. And that's all it needs to be. You had me at funny violence. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to check out the new Saw movie, Saw X. I haven't gotten on board for the last couple saw movies but i've heard that they've been decent so kind of want to do that at some point at some point too definitely saw x to me i'm not a big saw fan mind you but i think that the first three-ish movies i think are pretty solid and then your mileage may vary after that but i'd say that the new one is more in line with the quality of the the first three personally well, um, not to get like negative or anything, but were there any that anybody really didn't like? I don't think I was as into Scream as I wanted to be, and that pains me. I was not really a fan of that, um, the Exorcist movie that we talked about on the podcast. Not a big fan nope. of that. I was, I've never really been a fan of like. I won't say I've never been a fan because I've never really watched any other ones of them, but no, no, they've never called my attention. And after watching this, I still don't want to really watch any more of them. <laughs> I think one that frustrated me anyway, at least in terms of I don't know if I go so far as to say it was bad. Exactly. I know a lot of people were really excited about him, but there is this movie Malum, which uh, is basically... It's a weird one to me just that it exists because it's basically a director remaking their own movie that wasn't from that long ago because uh, the uh, now I'm going to butcher it. But uh, the original film, I want to say it was The Last Shift. Yeah, Last Shift. And I thought that that was a perfectly fine movie. And then they redid it with Malum again with the same director doing his own movie. And I guess he was kind of like, well, I have a bigger budget now and I can do some more interesting things. And so I watched that hoping that it would be pretty good because I had some problems with Last Shift, but I thought mostly it was an effective movie. And so watching him remake it, I was kind of like, I just if this works for you, that's great. But for me, I just don't see what the point of doing this was when it was all said and done. So I don't, it wasn't bad. I just, you know, I've, I've already seen this movie and I didn't feel like it added anything to it. Not for me anyway. So that was the one I was most disappointed by, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was the worst one that I saw either. One for me that I just didn't like and couldn't find much redeeming quality to was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought, 
that one was just I don't know I just didn't like anything about it really which was too bad I mean I I kind of went in expecting that but I expected I expected it to be bad but I expected it to be bad in a fun ride sort of way and it just wasn't that for me at least the guy who played Christopher Robin really tried I'll just say that about the movie he really tried (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess there's that I'm looking at the list of movies I saw, not to like go on this too long, but I'm looking at the list of movies I saw this year, and I know what the worst one was, and it is Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama 2. <laughs> and I would have thought that that would have been a shoe-in for some sort of like award. Come on. Clearly Oscar-worthy, yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Elevated horror. El- art house horror, for sure. Clearly. What's it elevating? It's elevated in the sense that someone was real fucking high when they wrote it. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you double feature it with Hereditary or Midsummer, something like that. They pair well together. They're two great I really tastes love that both taste those great movies, together. Though. Me too. I love Hereditary and Midsummer. Like they're just they're delightful, delightful romps. Every one of them. Okay, but I want to explain myself a little bit as to why I would watch a film like this. So I had been searching for years to find the movie that I saw one time on USA late at night with my dad, and it was the original. I finally found it after like a decade of searching and found out it was the original Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama, which it's like 80s camp. It has Linnea Quigley in it. It's just, it's it's like campy 80s horror that you can just turn your head off and enjoy, and it it does have some gratuitous nudity. <laughs> if you want to watch that, then that's there. And it's like they made this sequel after uh, almost almost 40 years. And it just, there was, it was just, there was nothing to it. I think there was nods to the original if you really wanted them. But I just, it was, did not go down well. Well, anything else anybody has on on the year in review of horror movies. I guess you'll just go back to don't sleep on no one will save you. And uh, also kill her was a lot of fun. And we did that interview with one of the stars of it. So you can check that out where we talked to MC Huff. So there's a little bit of a plug for another episode we did. Nice. Well, thanks for coming to the corner. All right. So for this episode, we are covering violent night from 2022, just this past Christmas and uh, that was directed by Tommy Workola, who, if you are a big horror fan, you may know from Dead Snow and Dead Snow 2. And if you're a Jeremy Renner fan and you like films that probably weren't that great, although I can, I haven't seen it, you might know him from Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Or uh, also he did another film called The Trip and also What Happened to Monday. Uh, writers we have patrick casey and josh miller who are writing partners they've worked together on all three sonic the hedgehog live action movies uh the upcoming third one there and transylmania and national lampoon's dorm days Two. they also worked on the tv shows into the dark and powerless and then as far as the description for violent night uh, the back of the box description is when a team of mercenaries break into a wealthy family compound, taking everyone inside hostage. They are not prepared for a surprise combatant, Santa Claus. So big spoiler warning from here. I'm always extremely good at telling you spoiler warnings, but here's your spoiler warning. Um, Tommy Workola and um, David Harbour did a whole lot of... Uh, they did a whole lot of press junkets, kind of virtual press junkets with a lot of different sites. So there's a lot of interviews with them talking about this film. But I thought probably the quote that summed up everything that we were going to talk about with this film was from Tommy Wercola's interview with CBR.com, where he said, When I got sent the script, all they said to me was like, yeah, it's Die Hard with Santa Claus. Which, in a way, it is, but it's so much more than that because when I read the script, I really felt like it has the action, it has the craziness, it has the edge and the attitude you expect, but it also feels like a Christmas movie. It really has a beating heart, and so what my approach was like, I really want to embrace that. 
I really want to emphasize that and explore that even more because if we can get that right, Santa and his relationship with the little girl and the Christmas spirit and what it means, that just means we can go crazy with the rest of the film, which we did. When the audience leaves the theater, I really want them to feel like, you know, filled with Christmas spirit and ready for the holidays. That's the goal, even though they just saw a crazy, violent Santa Claus action movie. End quote. So we'll get into the meat of that for, <laughs> we can pull pit, bits of that in a sec. But as far as uh, meta tags go for various websites and streaming services, uh, you had about 10 sites that were calling it action, six calling it comedy, two calling it holiday, two calling it thriller, two calling it adventure, and one calling it Christmas. And then uh, as far as Google and Wikipedia search trends, there's really just one year of data because it just came out one year earlier as as of when we're recording this. Uh, but as you would expect, there is, of course, a big bump when it came out in December last year and then another bump this year. Uh, and the other thing I thought was worth bringing up is Universal's picture trailer description listed as a holiday action comedy and specifically name checks films like John Wick and Nobody and Atomic Blonde in its marketing. So, Violent Night, is it horror? This is not horror, but it is the most heartwarming family holiday film that you don't want to watch with your kids ever. This was a good one. Yeah, not horror. No, not horror for me as well. Yep, that's uh, that is all four of us because, yeah, I did not think this was horror at all. And so the thing I think is interesting about this going into the analysis, I kind of wanted to see everyone's perception before... Uh, what they thought it was going into it. But one of the things I wanted to at least note is when you do like Google auto complete, so you type is violent night dot, dot, dot. And it gives you different options out of like the nine options. One of them is, is violent night scary is violent night. A horror movie are some of the auto fill-ins on that. So I think there's a lot of people out there that had that question about this movie. So I wanted to see first, what did you know about violent night beforehand and did you think it would be a horror movie before before even we talked about it for doing the show? Well, all I really knew about it is that it was, I think, wasn't this written because it appeared as like a spoof in, in another movie? Can someone help me out with that or am I making this up? I haven't heard anything like that for this one. Okay. So you might be thinking of Thanksgiving because that came out recently and that was in that situation. Okay. All right. Well, then scratch all that. Basically, all I knew about this is that David Harbour was in it um, and that it was going to be, as the title suggests, really, really violent. And I assumed it was a horror movie. I assumed that this was going to be like your standard Christmas flavored horror, but it, it was not. Yeah, I guess for me, like I remember like seeing the like posters for it the first time and you've got like David Harbour looking scary with a candy cane in his mouth and blood on him. And just from that image, I thought that it probably, that it sounded, it looked like a horror movie. Um, but the, as soon as I saw the trailer, as soon as I saw anything else about it, that kind of all dissolved. It was pretty quick for me to like, let the idea of it being horror go. I kind of just thought it was going to be like, an ultra violent sort of thing. I didn't really think about any, what the story was going to be. I just, cause it, I thought it was just going to be like violence porn kind of a thing. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised to see it had more substance than that. So I'm not sure if I saw the trailer immediately. I think I saw commercials for it first before seeing anything else and those pretty much laid out that it was to me i thought that it was going to be an action film um joe already mentioned this but i'm curious to see where everyone else weighs in because there's a lot of christmas movies that feature dark versions of santa claus we have a few in our 12 days of christmas marathon that we're doing as well um and you know a lot of those dark versions of santa claus in films are usually horror movies and as joe pointed out most of the posters for violent night just featured you know david harbour as Santa Claus looking mean. So I was curious, did that influence your perception of the film for any of the rest of you is, is like seeing that poster. Does it look like a horror movie poster? 
it did to me. Like I said, I really expected this to be horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it had that effect on me too. And like, I think some of my maybe, I don't know, perceptions that I brought into the game were just, I haven't seen a lot of these other Christmas horror movies, but I've talked with Steve about a lot of them. And I've, I, we've talked about a few where Santa's a scary guy or does different things. And so that definitely influenced my thoughts on it, especially seeing that poster. Um, and the, in the, in this movie, like, I mean, Santa's badass for sure, but he's more of a softy than I expected him to be, to be honest. I do think it was kind of marketed to seem like it was going to be horror. Like you said, like it looked similar to other sort of horror movies that are Christmas, Christmas themed in the genre. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was, it felt to me like it was marketed to have you think it was going to be that. Is that just because of kind of the poster artwork that you saw around most prominently, or is there more to it than that? Well, I think it was the poster artwork, and then also it felt like all the trailers or uh, clips that you saw of the movie uh, just were the very ultra-violent parts of it. So it didn't really kind of give any sense of what the story was necessarily, I don't think. It just, what I, what I, what I remember feeling from watching any trailer was just that Santa was going to go on a rampage and murder a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> Did David Harbour being in it and being well known for Stranger Things probably as his biggest project other than this, did that, I guess, influence any of those assumptions about the film for you guys? Yeah, probably for me, because I think Stranger Things is where I know him from best. Maybe a little for me. I, I guess I didn't, I don't necessarily immediately equate him with horror, uh, but he has a very... Uh, I don't know, kind of rough look and him being Santa, I think, especially with like the blood on his face and stuff like that. Like at least initially I felt like, um, pulled me towards that idea. Rough face in a very good way. I don't, I don't mean that in a mean way about him. <laughs> I was talking to someone about this and I wanted to say that David Harbour has a punchable face in the nicest way possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if him being in I mean I don't know if him being in Stranger Things made me think necessarily that it was going to be horror cuz he the other really big thing that he was did was the Black Widow movie. So I don't really think that he's necessarily shoehorned into horror specifically even though he's got a couple big ones to his name. Um so I don't I don't really think that made me think that it was going to be horror as much as just how the movie was marketed. And then I guess on the last side of it, were any of you familiar with Tommy Warcola's other films previously, like Dead Snow, Hansel and Gretel, The Trip? I'm pretty sure I watched the the Jeremy Renner abomination once or twice, but that was pretty much it. I had no idea that he was even a horror director or was known for that. I didn't know of him specifically. I knew of some of those movies, and I'd seen the first Dead Snow at least. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's about it. I didn't really know him specifically. And I've never seen any other film from him, so. Okay. Well, so going into the film itself, how long into the film do you think it took you to decide whether this film was horror or not? Well, once the, you know, the mercenaries showed up, once, once you find out that the motivation is money and not murder, I knew it was not a horror movie. I think for me, it happened pretty quickly, especially, I don't know. I think the whole idea, the whole thing that kind of was the linchpin for me thinking it was horror or not was just how um, David Harbour was portrayed as Santa and like the illusion of him being like a hardcore merciless killer was pretty quickly um, taken away when he's like drinking at the bar and then like goes out and riding on the sleigh and then throws up on the lady <laughs> like that, I guess, set the tone a little bit for me for what the, t the movie was going to be. 
Same. Honestly, those first like four or five minutes of that, because I mean, that's what it is, right? It starts out with him in the bar, the conversation, all of that. Yeah. And you see him like flying around and yeah, puking. And then I know it's a little bit later, not the first few minutes, but then like, you know, him having a beer on the sleigh as it's going past cities and then like peeing off the side of the sleigh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just I'm looking at that stuff and I'm thinking like, yeah, to me, this doesn't that's not setting a horror tone at all. There's not an ominous tone to any of it either. What would you say most set the tone of the film for you? If there's a moment or, or a thing that stood out most to you? I think at the end of the day, it's, it's like a family oriented thing. Like, um, you know, the whole, we want you to remember that it's Christmas and family's important. And the tis the magic of the season. Like that is really what gets driven home by the end of it, you know, with a sledgehammer, but still. Sure. What more set the tone for me, I think, was probably Santa's interactions with the little girl overall. Like, that was kind of... Like, when when Santa kind of makes it his mission to save this little girl, and you can see his he's kind of having his emotions stirred by the situation, that's, I think, really the tone of the film more than anything else. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I think th- that it, that's per- portrayed really well. And you get a lot of moments where like Santa's in some pretty bad situations. He's been beat up or stabbed or whatever, but he never like he's really good at not putting like his stress onto the little girl and he's still like talking to her like you would expect a Santa to. I mean, obviously in a weird situation, but but he's you know, calm and just talking to her about her for the most part. And I thought that was all done very well. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that I think David Harbour did a really good job of walking that line between someone you could believe as Santa, but you could also believe as this violent ex-Viking warrior. Somehow he just does both well. But yeah, like focusing on that emotional core between him and the little girl and I think just as the quote from the director said, right, like once they got that right and because they got that right, you could accept everything else wacky that happens. And I think that most set the tone, which ends up feeling like this heartwarming bonding thing more than anything, which, of course, I mean, you can do that sort of thing in horror, but it didn't feel like a horror movie with that as the emotional core of things. I think the main reason I saw anyone give for why they might consider this film uh, to be horror is because, as the title says, it's violent, right? Which, uh, as a quick aside, I think it was funny, I was looking at those Google autocompletes, and one of the searches that it suggested is Violent Night Gory, which, yes, it is. But, uh, so, I guess, first off, do you think of this as a gory movie? Was this an extremely violent movie? Oh my god, for sure. I was not disappointed by the on-screen violence. It was very well done. We had a wood chipper. We had some well-placed Christmas ornaments. We had a nail through someone's jaw. I mean, they they did well. They delivered. I think the thing that clenched it for me as far as the violence goes was seeing him pull the guy up through the chimney and just having it, like, shred him. <laughs> That was so perfect. Like, I could not think of a better ending. It was, And then he just kind of, like, tosses the bloody torso and starts ho-ho-hoing. It was beautiful. Cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> I guess I would say, too, like, as far as setting the tone, I think you can almost look at the one scene. It was even the trailer, too, where he goes and puts the grenade on the guy and is running away and is like, ah, I gotta watch. <laughs> like, that's the movie in a nutshell. That's the feeling they want you to have as the audience. So I do think that the film was gory, but it was like less gory than I kind of thought it was going to be, if that makes sense. Like there, the, the gory moments are really, really gory, but I would say the actual like gore gore is probably less than five to 10 minutes of the movie. So that's kind of where, where I sit on that question. Did the violence ever feel like horror movie violence to you? Uh, it kind of felt like the sort of violence you might see from like Evil Dead, like really over the top, like 
fountains of blood kind of violence. Like there, there wasn't fountains of blood in this movie necessarily, but it kind of felt like more of like a funny spectacle than meant to be horror violence to me. Yeah, this was more action movie, right? Like, at least it read as action movie violence for me. Yeah, with the exception of just maybe a couple moments, I would say it almost all felt like action movie violence. Uh, just a couple of the more extreme moments maybe felt like they could have they could have been in a like horror comedy, uh, like we've kind of already said, but that but it just didn't quite have that feel. I'm sure that we've talked about this a bit before too, but to kind of get into it because we've said it a few times now, what do you feel like is the difference between action movie violence versus horror movie violence? I think horror movie violence is more drawn out. I think that action movie is like, it It literally keeps the hits keep coming. That's the difference. I'd say in general, action movie violence doesn't focus as much on the blood. Um, there's certainly exceptions, but I feel like horror movie violence is a lot more about those bodily fluids, so to speak. I feel like the difference is kind of the focus. So the violence in an action movie is sort of just like violence that's happening kind of progressing to to progress the plot but isn't necessarily the focus of the scene like the focus of the scene is not necessarily that somebody's getting killed super violently or pools of blood whereas i feel like the focus in these movies was like we're gonna focus on making this a particularly violent kill there's almost like in like the walking dead how you could tell there were episodes where they were focused on somebody had a really cool idea for how to kill a zombie and that's going to be the the spectacle of this episode is how that zombie's skin gets ripped off of its body or something and that that's kind of to me what the difference was the difference here was that the focus was on the particular kill the guy getting a nail smashed into his forehead like how do we set that up yeah i think to me i i would i agree i think in when you're engineering the scene in an action movie versus a horror movie, uh, I think that you're thinking about what kind of reaction you're going to get out of your audience when they see it, right? And if you're if you're filming as a horror movie, I think that you do want people to maybe have that gut-turning reaction to at least some of it. Whereas an action movie, you want them to think that the thing looked cool, but you don't want them to necessarily dwell on the humanity of the person that's experiencing it. Like you kind of want to get in and get out. Like you, you want the reaction to be a fist pump, not a churning of the stomach. And I think that that's kind of what happens in all of these, these violent sequences. And I think another thing about it too, is a way that the characters react to it because you do get at least some of these sequences where the characters are reacting in almost a cartoonish fashion to the violence that they experience, especially during kind of like the home alone prankster scene, which I'll, I'll bring up here in just a sec, a little bit more in detail, but you know, just the, the lady has part of her scalp torn off and it's gory and it's gross, but she, you know, reacts to it like, Oh, grumble, grumble. And you know, it's more splat stick slapstick than it is something that they want you to be like off put by or that they want to push a boundary of. It's just, it's it's gore that they want you to laugh at, not that they want you to be concerned about or think of the humanity of the person who's experiencing it. Do you feel like it mattered to you at all that a lot of the graphic violence was happening to the villains of the film, and that you don't really see something extremely violent happening to the heroes of the film? Yeah, that was definitely an indicator for me that that it was not horror. I I wasn't really scared for the are they the, the Livingstons? Livingstones? I wasn't really scared for the family that was being held hostage. We all knew they were going to get away. Even that bratty little YouTuber, whatever the heck. What was his name? Bert? Bertrude? Yeah, Bertrude was a piece of work. I was really hoping he was going <laughs> to bite it. But because it was a family film, he lived. Yeah, that was similar for me. I guess I I actually did expect there to be a few more casualties on the family side. Even I don't know if that would have pushed it over into 
um, horror realm for me, but just the way they portrayed the family and most of them being just kind of awful, I expected sort of like, I don't know, some sort of kind of comeuppance for at least a few of them. Uh, I don't know. So I, I guess I think that did contribute to my classifications at least a little bit that they didn't. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that it would have pushed it over for me though. Yeah. So even like the violence that happens to the father is like, like you don't really see necessarily what happens to his finger that much. Like that it's kind of interesting and a really stark contrast because he has his finger like put in the nutcracker or whatever but like you barely see what's going on in any of that scene uh, versus like other people getting like a star into their face or whatever. <laughs> I guess kind of to skip around a little bit on this, did you did you like the Lightstones? That was their name. Did you like the Lightstones as characters? I mean, they were easy to hate. I mean, they were all pretty awful, and the matriarch even admits, like, yeah, we're all pretty terrible people, so you're just acting accordingly. Like, they admit it, at least. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't I, I didn't like them. I guess uh, maybe that would be a little bit of a difference for me to push it over into, like, a movie that I just absolutely loved. Because, um, you know, I do like action movies and things, but because, like... I didn't like any of them that made it a little hard for me and like I sort of kept expecting them to get picked off a little bit here and there um, but they didn't um, anyways that wasn't the question the question was do I like them no I didn't like them um, and they I yeah I'll just be repeating myself if I keep going so I'll shut up no you never shut up you always say more more good good um I didn't really like any of them and then like especially the father is like kind of come you like at the beginning of the film you're kind of feeling like okay i'm supposed to be feeling something for the father and he's supposed to have some kind of redeemable qualities and we want to root for him to get his family back together but then you find out that like his harebrained scheme to get his wife back was like to actually steal the family's money and do the very thing that she, that she hated about him and so it's like okay well he's not really that great either so there's really not really anybody likable in there <laughs> except for the little girl so on the whole if you since we mostly all found him unlikable because i didn't really care for most of them either except for a little bit for the kind of core family you're supposed to be rooting for of them but so if you didn't really find the characters likable, did that lower the stakes for the film? So maybe cut some of the tension of the film? Yeah, because they were basically caricatures of themselves as, you know, the, the typical privileged wealthy family. Yeah, yeah, like I was kind of saying, like, I expected more of them to die. And because they were terrible, like, it didn't matter to me if they did. Like, I, it, like that wouldn't have pushed it over into horror it could have still been just a funny action movie and their deaths would probably have just been played off as comedic if they were to have been killed uh so yeah sorry i think the only real person that i felt anything for was the daughter and the family so yeah if if anything happened well i guess the the wife didn't really do anything, <laughs> but like she also didn't stand out very much either. So um, it was kind of cool at the end that she had a moment where she was like being kind of a badass. But yeah, it, other than like the little girl, it, anybody could have been off and it wouldn't have really affected my feeling about it. So I'm kind of curious how that ends up affecting people's classification for this movie. Because, you know, if you think about especially in the 80s mid 80s we'll say slasher films are full of unlikable people who you are ready to see die so if you've got characters like that here not having them be likable does that add to or take away from your feeling of the film being horror or not does it really not affect the genre designation at all i think what matters is that even if we don't like the 
supposed protagonists of this film were still rooting for them because the bad guys are worse than they are and they hate Christmas. Like nobody likes a Scrooge, straight up. And the main villain straight up uses Scrooge as his code name. That's right. So, I mean, automatically, we're going to be rooting for the shitty rich people in this film from the get-go. And I think it matters, too, that the, like, the villains are action villains. If, 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 you know, like, you had some monster attacking the house, same, same, I don't know, family, same whatever, same Santa being there to try and help protect them, but it's a monster, then that's a little different, I, I feel like. But the, the villains are just so clearly action villains um, that, it's hard to get away from that, I guess. Yeah, I would say even though I don't really like the father as a character that much, the fact that they're a family together and you're supposed to like the little girl uh, puts you into a place where you want to see them triumph. And then, like you said, the villains are all just like caricatures. Um, so that is kind of where that fits in because like even though the family isn't that that cool you still are rooting for them to be a family and then i think the other thing for me too is that the lightstone so how your characters in your film react to a situation can help inform how you as an audience react to the situation and i feel like the lightstones are still bickering and fighting amongst each other and really aren't that concerned. Like they don't seem scared by it. They've got that like sort of rich white entitled will be okay kind of mentality to them. So I think, you know, that works great in an action film, but I think you'd have them reacting much differently if it was a horror film. So I guess I was a little bit curious of how their reactions to the situation affected your classification of the film as well. I think that if they had been scared for their lives, like truly, truly afraid and like begging for their lives instead of trying to, you know, pawn off one family member for murder instead of themselves, I think I would have been able to take it more seriously and, and bought into the whole horror thing a little bit. But now the, the comedy was just, it was, it was really was die hard with Santa. Yeah, I was trying to think how that would go. And, like, the only person in the, like, family, I guess, that does get killed is the boyfriend of the sister. And, and you know, that was just played for laughs mostly. Or played, I guess it was maybe just played for more a plot device to tell you about the hit squad being on the side of the villains. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if if we were to see some of the other ones who quote unquote mattered uh, get killed, I I don't know. It'd be interesting to just see how that played out, I guess. And even when they kill that boyfriend too, they kind of like pull back from it as well. I mean, like you still see him getting shot, but you're off at a far distance when it happens so that you don't have to like experience it with him to a degree. Right. Yeah. I mean, what you're getting at there, I really, don't think they were portrayed like they were that scared of the situation. It was more, I felt like it was almost uh, like they were told to act it like a sitcom more than like the focus seemed to be more of just like the silly interactions between the family rather than them really being scared for their lives. Like they almost should have had the narrator from Arrested Development pop in every once in a while. We did it yeah. as a tribute to you, Grandma. They didn't. They didn't. My my kill squad's gonna be here any moment to save us. They wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing I thought, at least on the villain side of it, because we kind of talked about how they're sort of just the villains are they they exist just enough to be to make you excited for them to die but i think that one of the things that's also interesting that this has kind of in common with the other movie we covered this month with the crow is that in this film you the only supernatural element to it is the good guy the villains are just you know mercenaries and they're more or less just faceless people for santa claus to kill so with that kind of like almost video game action movie mentality to it i feel like that kind of undercuts 
any horror vibe that you might think that you were going to get from it. So I was curious if that affected it the same way for you guys too. I could see that. And maybe like, uh, I don't know if you have like code name Scrooge guy somehow get powers, maybe he steals them from Santa or gets imbued with them from Krampus or something like that. Um, I don't know that might've given it a different vibe, but he, at the end of the day, he's just a guy with a gun. Uh, so I, I do think that that affected it for me for sure that Santa's Santa's really the only one with superpowers and really are supernatural powers. And really they're not even, there's not even that much of that for him either. Like, uh, like I kind of mentioned, he's a little bit more of a softy than I expected him to be. Like he's still for sure hardcore, especially when he needs to be, but there's plenty of moments in the film where like he's scared. He's like, getting cut up and then like trying to bandage himself up and he's, you know, hiding from the guy behind the Christmas tree and things like that. And mostly wanting to stay out of the fight, at least to begin with. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, none of that, none of that on the supernatural side of things lent itself to horror at all for me and probably took away from it for me too. I do like your idea of Scrooge stealing powers from Santa. Also, there should be like a, the epic Krampus versus Santa takedown. Like it would be like Godzilla and Mothra. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen a Christmas horror story out of curiosity? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We will have to revisit that. If not, it's going on my list. So, you know, we're we're recording this a little ahead of time, so we're not this far into the Christmas horror marathon for Is It Horror? But anyway, that is on the list of those listening will already know at this point, but that one does give you a Krampus and Santa Claus fight, which is fun. Okay, then I'm definitely down for that. So as far as the film goes, tension to wrap the whole thing up, like the tension of the film overall, did you ever, did the movie ever convince you that there was a possibility that Santa Claus or your core family members were really in danger? No, not at all. I was never afraid for Santa, uh, but I guess like I've mentioned, I kind of expected at least some of the family members to get killed at some point. Um, it didn't really, I don't know, add or take away, I guess, that they didn't, um, but I did expect that a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I I guess for a little bit of a moment there, when he's like at the end after he gets shot a bunch of times, you're kind of like a little bit worried about him and think, I personally was a little bit worried and think, okay, maybe he could actually die here and you'd get some sort of uh, passing on the Santa mantle to somebody. I thought that that could have possibly happened and been the way that this film ended. But there was nobody really that he would be passing the Santa mantle on there. So that I'm sure that's why they didn't do that. But yeah. Yeah, Tim Allen wasn't in this film. So like, who do you do? <laughs> More Santa Clauses died in Tim Allen's The Santa Claus than in this movie. <laughs> that's a interesting sentence. Yes. <laughs> and really, Scrooge was just mad that he didn't get his weenie whistle. Or his weenie whistled. Yeah, that too. It's always disappointing when that doesn't happen. Any nieces or nephews listening, never repeat that phrase. It's terrible. <laughs> like your own nieces or nephews or anyone that's a niece or nephew? Uh, anyone else's. Fine. Do whatever you want. All right. <laughs> but since you mentioned that, Matt, like I, I, I have to, I guess, go back a little bit on what I said, because I do remember having that feeling at that moment as well like oh maybe santa is going to get killed and it will be passed on because i don't feel like the movie ever like adequately explained how he became santa they just like allude to the fact that he was a viking warrior beforehand but how how did he become santa they never show that so there's at least maybe some precedent for him like taking on the mantle of santa at some point for some reason but yeah anyways i could have seen that be a plot point 
I'm willing to bet it was karmic punishment. And they're like, wow, you've been a really, really crappy dude. We're going to make you work with kids for the rest of eternity. <laughs> so another thing I was thinking about, too, with this movie, and I know it's, it's so it's played for laughs here. But one of the themes, at least throughout the film, is taking something comforting and kind of corrupting it into something dangerous. You know, you take something innocent like Santa Claus and you turn him into a formidable Viking. Uh, you take slapstick pranks of Home Alone and have them perpetrated violently by a laughing child to gory effect. Did that affect how you saw the film at all? I still just think it was it was um, making fun of the Christmas genre, you know, because if we look at Home Alone, like Home Alone's pretty fucked up. Like he really does just torture those two dudes all night long and you're rooting for him the whole way. Um, and the little homage that they did to that movie in this film, I thought was really, really well done. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call this film a realistic film, but uh, but I did like that they took some of those, some of the like direct, you know, things from Home Alone and put a more realistic thing on them, like you know, you know, the swinging can of paint just like sort of hits the lady in the chest or something, and she just kind of brushes it aside, but then like the bowling ball falls on the guy's while he's holding up a nail, and he gets killed from that, um, so. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't say that any of that affected my genre classification, but I I, I enjoyed it, I guess. I was gonna say I was actually maybe it's just the nostalgia, but it, the scenes in uh, in Home Alone always made me more uncomfortable. Like the stepping on the nail, stepping on the glass, those kinds of things made me more uncomfortable than watching this movie and maybe it's because watching this movie i was prepared for that to be in the movie whereas like when i throw on home alone i'm thinking i'm gonna have some good clean family fun and watch this movie uh so i don't know it's kind of interesting to think about that those things make me more uncomfortable in the in the universally accepted family christmas movie that's true I also will say um, for the whole paint can idea too, if you've seen Home Alone and you think, man, that paint can falling would do a lot more damage, then I would recommend the movie Better Watch Out. I won't say any more than that because that movie is definitely one where you should probably know as little as possible going in. But anyway, on the whole, uh, do you feel like this movie was ever really trying to be scary, trying to be a horror movie in any parts? I don't think it was trying to be scary because I do think at its heart it's a comedy, but I they definitely put emphasis on gore. Like that was a very purposeful thing. It was kind of there for shock value more so than anything else. Or like Matt said, like for the, you know, the blood geyser laughs that, you know, we all love. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't think it was ever trying to be scary, but all of what you just said, Brianna. Uh, it was not really trying to be scary, I think. I think more than even being gory, it was trying to be like, almost uh, give you a message, like a fam, like a family good feeling kind of message from the movie. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it goes back again to the director's quote, right? Like he wanted this mo- movie to get you in the Christmas spirit, which is a good segue to. Uh, probably the most obvious question because i think for all of this right i think it's this is an interesting film to me on the horror side of it just with having the conversation if it's interesting to me how many people seem to have had the impression that they were going into a horror movie with this i see a lot of people talking about it on the horror side of reddit and just the searches obviously that came up most often in google so there's obviously a lot of people that that thought it was a horror. So not to belabor the point in talking about it, but just, I guess, going into all the reasons why we really didn't see it that way. But yeah, I definitely don't feel like that's, that's what they were going for. I think really the Die Hard plus Santa Claus, that kind of says it all. I think that's really what they were going for. Um, but then to get into the other side of it, so, cause you know, it is Christmas. So the, is it Christmas side of it during our Die Hard episode, We specifically talked about what metrics a film has to hit in order to be a Christmas movie. And the list that we came up with at the time was that there need to be family ties that need to be mended. There should maybe be a romance. 
the film should end with a Christmas song. Film needs to use Christmas catchphrases and puns. There needs to be snow. At least some of the film takes place on Christmas. Christmas is critical to the plot, like you can't remove Christmas from it and still have the movie function. And it connects you to your own family in some way. Um, would you would you change anything about that list? Is there anything you would add to that list of what makes a Christmas no, movie? I still stand by our list. We we nailed it on the first try. There might be some other nuances, some other small things that you could add, but I think that's really the broad strokes of it. I think that's a pretty good list. I guess the only thing I would say is that there doesn't necessarily need to be snow. I'm, I know that there's like some Christmas movies that are like tropically themed kind of things, but some of them, I guess, show like the contrast between the snow and the tropics. I don't know. But otherwise, we're all spot on. I think it's kind of funny, too, is like we've been doing the show for three seasons, and I don't know if I could put together this type of list for horror films because of how diverse it is. But when you kind of drill down into a very niche genre of film, the Christmas film, I think it's a little bit easier to dissect. So obviously we talked about like Die Hard and we talked about The Nightmare Before Christmas and whether or not those are Christmas movies or not. Um, but I feel like it's a lot easier to kind of put a list together like that. So I don't know, it's kind of interesting. But um, so the most obvious question in the world, is Violent Night a Christmas movie? Hell yeah, it's a Mofone Christmas movie. Yes, I think it's a Christmas movie. I think it's an action movie first, but a Christmas movie second. Agreed, that is a fair point. Yeah, I I definitely think it's a Christmas movie. I would even go so far as to say this could make my regular yearly tradition of Christmas movie marathons. It's that Christmas. I think it's more of an Earth Day slash Arbor Day movie because of all the focus on trees. Just kidding, it's a Christmas movie, yes. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Hypothetically, can you imagine a movie that featured Santa Claus as the main character that isn't a Christmas movie? I don't think so. There's no reason you'd put Santa as the main character of your movie to not bounce Christmas off him. Like that, I don't, I can't think of any reason you would. Yeah, it feels like a stretch for anything I could think of. You could, I don't know do like Santa on vacation sometime in the summer away from all the Christmas stuff, but it's still Santa. Like it's still this, the correlation to Christmas is always going to be there. He's just the full avatar of Christmas. So it's just, as soon as you have him in there, it's, it's pretty clear. So I guess for Matt, it seems like this is probably a yes for you, but you can feel free to elaborate along with everybody else. But did this film get you into the Christmas spirit then, as the stated goal of the film was to do so? Did that work for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really a Christmas fan, but that whole, like, sledgehammer montage and the wood chipper, like, that that really did, that warmed my heart and, and made me, you know, have goodwill towards my fellow men. I think for me, the part that like kind of got me in the Christmas spirit was was just Santa, Santa Claus, see watching Santa kind of go through a, I guess midlife crisis about about Christmas and just being like, is there a point to this? And you know him being like basically ready to be done, uh, and and then uh, I guess finding that again, it made me like a little bit worried towards the end, being like. I hope that he keeps his Christmas spirit, uh, but at least for a time he found it again um, because of his interactions with the little girl. Um, so I, I I liked that, and that did that did that made it feel very Christmassy to me, and made yeah put me in the Christmas spirit. I guess I've kind of mentioned this before, but I liked that the film because most Christmas films focus on the reality of Santa and believing in Santa and somebody has lost belief and is rekindling that belief in Santa. And uh, this film, there may be others that do it, but this film was about Santa believing in himself again 
And uh, I thought that, that was an interesting take. And uh, so, yeah, it did get me in the Christmas spirit because it piqued my interest. It wasn't just your standard Christmas film. It approached it in a different way, but got to the same sort of message and point. Yeah, I I agree. It definitely gets you in that Christmas spirit. I mean, like we it checks a lot of the boxes that we were talking about. I think pretty much all of the boxes that we were talking about. So um, definitely, you know, got me feeling rather festive, I would say. Okay, so Joe had brought this question up when we were talking about the film outside of the podcast, and I kind of wanted to pose it to everybody and see what they thought. And if I didn't get the spirit of exactly what you were asking, correct, Joe, feel free to correct me. But uh, so some of our terrorists, they find out during the film that Santa is in fact real and in front of them. And they react to that a little, but they don't really actively deal with it. Uh, Would you, what would you do if you suddenly found out Santa was real? And also, would you, would you have wanted to see people have more of like an existential crisis in this film to the realization that Santa's real? I would have liked to see more of a reaction to that because if I found out that Santa was real, I'd probably shit a brick and then I'd learn how to bake cookies because I feel like that's the way to get on his good side. I don't want to wind up on the naughty list. I really don't. But then if you found out he was real, you know, how do you know that you hadn't been on the naughty list already? And if you had been, you know, you lived your life. So how bad is it really? I mean, yeah, in this day and age, in this day and age, you're right. That would not entirely be a bad scenario. Yeah. So, I mean, you nailed what I what I was going for with that question. Like, I, that's one of the weird things to me about this movie is you get at least a couple of those henchmen who are like, OK, we definitely just saw Santa. Like, and it doesn't give any explanation. They don't know why he exists or, you know, what what's behind that. But like you get uh, an entity that, you know, is like watching your morality and then they're like uh whatever i'm still gonna go try and kill this child like i i don't understand like there's a there's just a disconnect there for me uh as to uh, as to how they acted uh and it's fine and it worked for the film but like i just it just got me thinking about like what what would the actual implications of that be like i just beat this guy up and tied him up and then i found out that he's actually santa claus i don't know it's a weird thought to me yeah and then the idea of finding out that not only is there someone or something that has seen everything that you've done with your life but they have a specific moral judgment on the value of what you've done with your life and that just opens this whole gateway to all these other questions you'd have to ask like how are they seeing everything that i'm doing what is the metric then for what is morally good and bad in this universe if there is a person who has this information and it's been determined that i fell on one side or the other of this line I would have a huge existential crisis. I'd have to ask myself what in the hell else was real in the world. And I'd definitely like drop my gun and leave like Santa's Santa's real. Can I go home? Yeah. Right. (laughs) I, you know, I, I just need to go think about some stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I I would definitely stop trying to kill him. (laughs) At least, right. At least that. Although I did like John Leguizamo's, uh, line i'm sure gonna butcher but he said something effective like you can be an idiot just don't be an idiot out loud that was maybe my favorite line of the movie (laughs) such a good line also line wise it's absolutely criminal that the line from the trailer it's time for some seasons beatings wasn't actually in the film that's just criminal yeah i don't know why they took that out (laughs) it was gold i kind of don't think that that line fits the tone of the film though do you yes, do you think do you think like after watching the film that that like I don't think that the film was even really about it wasn't even like about that in that way it was more like just about the message it was about that the violence in a way but I don't know but he would have said it during the whole like beating everybody in the in the shed with the sledgehammer part and that definitely went with that sequence that's fair. it wouldn't have felt out of place to me at all is all I'm saying. Yeah, it could have been good in that place. 
Okay, overall, final question. Did you like this film? Would you recommend it? Absolutely. I did just recommend this to someone the other day. So I was like, I just watched this for the first time. It's hilarious. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. Uh, I give it like a eight out of 10. Like there's a few things that I think could have been a bit better, but overall I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun ride. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I would probably put it, I'd say it's maybe like a top 25 Christmas movie for me. I won't say like top 10, but definitely it's it's up there. It's a good one. I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Like, would I? What would be my top ten Christmas movies? I do really enjoy the subgenre of Christmas horror. So there's a whole bunch of movies that would go into that list for me. But yeah, maybe if I was doing top twenty-five, maybe even top ten. I don't know. I'd have to look at it. I definitely am not replacing Die Hard with this film, though. I'd still watch both. But also, I thought we unanimously agreed that Muppet Christmas Carol is the most flawless holiday film in existence, full stop, forever and ever, amen. Well, Number one, true. for sure. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we were not in the upside down. Thank you. <laughs> no, nobody's dethroning Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay, all right. I need Don't some worry. stability in my life, guys. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all agreed two years ago that it was the number one Christmas movie on all of our lists. All right, well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Is It Horror and also Is It Christmas? Uh, whatever holiday you're celebrating, or even if you don't, I hope that you have a great holiday, a great winter break. Uh, I hope that this gives you a fun little just uh, maybe a brief respite from family if you need it. And uh, we'll be back with you here in two weeks where we're going to be covering The Secret of Nim. And uh, we'll see you next year. Happy New Year. I have been Steve. And I've been Brianna. I'm Joe. I'm Matt. Enjoy your season's beatings. Pow, pow. Pow, pow. And, and bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us at Is It Horror? We post new episodes every other Friday. To stay up to date on all things Is It Horror, follow us on Instagram or X at Is It Horror Pod, or email us at Is It Horror Podcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, you can recommend us to a friend, follow and rate us on your podcast app of choice, or you can check out our store on Redbubble. In the meantime, stay safe and keep asking yourself, Is It Horror?